Amen. It's great to hear you singing those old gospel hymns. We're going to turn together this evening in God's Word to 2 Corinthians and to the chapter 6. 2 Corinthians and to the chapter 6. Going to read a section together, commencing at the first verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and the verse 1. And let us hear together God's precious word. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. We land there at verse 11. May the Lord add his own blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word. Amen. Amen. And thank God he is still calling sinners, calling sinners effectually unto himself. We turn tonight in the Gospel to 2 Corinthians and the chapter 6. And I would like to take as my text for this evening the words of verse 2. 2 Corinthians, the chapter 6, and the verse 2. And just reading those words together, and you can see in your Bible that those words are in brackets. And it says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 
And I take words from verse 2 as the title of my message this evening, The Day of Salvation. And let's just unite our hearts together and ask the Lord for help in the ministry of his word and that the Lord would draw near even to hearts tonight. Our gracious God, our loving Heavenly Father, we do thank thee for thy presence with us in the gospel meeting already. We thank thee, our Father, for the solemnity. We praise thee for the very words that we have been singing. And we ask, O God, that our hearts would be prepared that even now we would receive with meekness the engrafted word and it would prove to be a blessing to each and every heart. And we would pray most of all for any tonight who are unconverted that this word would be the word that would make them wise unto salvation. Hear our prayer and shut us in now to thee. We ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen. There are days in our lives that appear to be just ordinary days. Days when nothing extraordinary really happens. And then there are other days that we could say, well, there are special days, days that will stand out, days that are set apart. Maybe we could say a birthday. Certainly if you're younger, you look forward to your birthday and you like to celebrate that occasion. But maybe when the years roll on and you get a bit older, well, you don't make so much of that birthday anymore. But maybe a wedding day, a happy occasion like a wedding day, that's a day that will stand out in anyone's calendar. There are days that we could say certainly there are days of blessing, then there are other days, and they stand out for all the wrong reasons. Days that we would say they're, they're somber days. Days that are sad days. Maybe a day where there's the passing of a loved one. Maybe there's days when affliction and trouble will cross our pathway. And those days would stand out for the wrong reason. And so there are those times that we would say, well, they're happy times. And there are those other times when we would say, well, they're sad times and how circumstances can change and we encounter all of those circumstances in our lives. I thought of the words in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and we read there, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And it goes on there in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and it describes all of those different kinds of days and times and circumstances. The psalmist David was able to say in Psalm 31 and the verse 15, my times are in thy hand. And that's the best place to leave those times. My, they're out of our control. And we have to leave them with 
our sovereign God, and we trust in him, even through those times that can be difficult times. In the Bible, there are certain days that are set apart. For example, you would read in Leviticus chapter 16 about the day, the day of atonement. That was a day that certainly stood out in the calendar of Israel, perhaps their most holy day, a day whenever the nation together would come in repentance of sin and confessing their sin before the Lord. That was a day that certainly stood out, and you could go through the Bible, and there's reference there to other days. There's a day that is yet future, and it's called the Day of the Lord. It's called the great and terrible day of the Lord, and it's a day of wrath, and it's a day of anger, it's a day of destruction. That day is yet future, but that day is approaching. It's fast approaching. The Bible reminds us that that day is coming. And so there's all different kinds of days. But in our text, and with the title of the message, you will have noted already that I'm referring tonight in the gospel to the day of salvation. The day of salvation. The words here in 2 Corinthians 6 and the verse 2 are actually a quotation from the Old Testament. And there in the Old Testament scriptures in Isaiah chapter 49 and in the verse 8, we read in that verse about an acceptable time. And we read in that verse about a day of salvation. Isaiah 49 and the verse 8, Thus saith the Lord, In an acceptable time have I heard thee, and in a day of salvation have I helped thee, and I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth, to cause to inherit the desolate heritages. And the Lord there in Isaiah 49 and 8, he speaks about that acceptable time and about that day of salvation. He was speaking about a time when he would especially favor and help his people. He would deliver them. And here in the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and the verse 2, the apostle Paul is now taking those words that are recorded in Isaiah, and he's applying them to the Corinthians. He's applying those words to the Corinthians in their day, and he's speaking to them about an accepted time and about the day of salvation. And I want to take those words tonight in the gospel, and I want them to apply to your heart tonight, that they might come by way of a challenge as I speak to you about the day of salvation. And as you think about the words in this text of Scripture, we see firstly here the opportunity. Because they must be speaking to us about opportunity. The day of salvation is really the day of opportunity. Now the word day in the Bible and in everyday use today The word day can refer, of course, to that 24-hour period, to one day. 
And we have given examples of some of them, like a birthday or a death day or a wedding day. That's one particular day. That's referring to uh, the 24-hour period. But when you use that term day, it can also refer to a set period of time. We would maybe refer to Abraham's day, or we would refer to Noah's day. And we're not speaking about one 24-hour period. We're speaking about a set time. It was the day of Abraham or the day of Noah. And so it's not one day, it's a set period of time. And that's the way it is used here in our text of Scripture. It's referring to the gospel period. It's referring to the set time. It's referring to that opportunity for souls to get right with God. It's the set period for the soul to be saved. If you glance to the end of the previous chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, just look, for example, at those last two verses. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And what a wonderful truth is being taught there by the Apostle Paul at the end of chapter 5. He's speaking about the soul, the soul that is separated from God because of sin, the soul that is at enmity to the Lord, the soul that is then in the Lord Jesus Christ reconciled to God, and the soul that is made righteous through the Lord Jesus Christ and through his great redeeming work upon the cross of Calvary when he was made sin for us. The one who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And there you have the sinless Savior who laid down his life, who shed his precious blood. And it is by his work on the foundation of that great truth that the day of opportunity, the day of salvation is extended to the sinner. Thank God tonight there's a day of salvation through the person and work of our Lord and Savior. Through the shedding of his precious blood, thank God there's a day of gospel opportunity. And that opportunity extends itself to you this evening. And that opportunity comes to you personally. Well, the Lord has been gracious you're not sitting tonight under a false gospel. You're not sitting tonight in the darkness of some false religion. What an opportunity you have to be able to, to read and to meditate upon God's precious word and to hear the gospel being preached tonight. 
There are many tonight who sit in darkness. There are many who do not hear the gospel. But what a privilege it is for you to be able to hear the gospel of redeeming grace that you can be reconciled to God through the death of his son and you have opportunity tonight to get saved. You hear the gospel. You have opportunity while you still have your health. Still of soundness of mind tonight. Still have your faculties. There are many who suffer tonight, suffer mentally, cognitive decline. They reach that stage where they, they cannot process information. They're not able to understand. But God's mercy extends to you this evening and grants you that opportunity while you are able. You have the day of salvation. You have the gospel presented to you. And perhaps even the Holy Spirit of God would bring you under conviction of sin and the Holy Spirit of God would be striving with you, convicting you of sin and of righteousness and of judgment to come. What an opportunity you have tonight, the day of salvation. When I look at verse 2, I not only see the opportunity, but I see the reality. The day of salvation, the accepted time, it's not forever. It's not forever. And the reality is tonight that the clock is ticking and time is passing. When Paul spoke to the Corinthians in his first letter, the chapter 7 and the verse 29, he said, the time is short. Time is short. Paul was writing to the Ephesians in chapter 5 and the verse 16, and he spoke about redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time. Because the reality is that time just seems to be slipping away. And how precious time really is. Because we don't know, not one of us tonight, we don't know what time we have. We don't know how long we're going to be upon this earth. Oh, you could be in the best of health tonight. And there could be no indication of your health declining in any way. You have a clean bill of health. But in this past week, there have been young people killed on the roads, going out for the night, and then a moment swept into eternity. Time is taken from them. They're out into eternity. Teenagers, and also another young lady who was killed on the roads as well. You imagine that dreaded knock on the door. A loved one has been killed on the roads, and yet it's happening, men and women. It's happening almost every week. The reality that time is slipping away, and we don't know what time we have. And once the time is passing, you cannot turn the clock back. 
Once time passes, it is gone, and how quickly things could change. Our circumstances could change dramatically in just a moment of time. Queen Elizabeth I, she came to her deathbed. And she knew that her time was running out. And she knew that all of her wealth, all of her riches, and all of her jewels were of no use. Her time was running out. And she made a famous statement. She said, all my possessions for a moment of time. She made that offer. All my possessions for a moment of time, offering all her possessions for someone that could give her just a a bit more time. And of course, ours is not time to give. Her words actually remind us that the only time that we have is right now. We're not guaranteed another moment. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. The Bible would say, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Do you remember the individual in Luke chapter 12? And he was looking to the future and wanting to actually make plans for the future, and he felt that he had many days and many years yet ahead of him. And he made plans and he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Much goods laid up for many years. The Lord said to that man, Thou fool, it's this night. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. You see, he thought he had many years before him. And he thought that he could live that high lifestyle for many years. He was looking forward to a very comfortable retirement, if you like. When he could live the high life, he could eat, drink, and be merry. And the Lord said, no, it's over. It's over. Your time is gone. And it's this night that thy soul will be required of thee. Lost. Lost in eternity. Luke chapter 19, you read of that familiar story of Zacchaeus. And he was brought into contact with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. He received them joyfully. You know, there in the verse 9 of Luke chapter 19, Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, this day. There was a day in the life of Zacchaeus that was set apart. There was a day that he would never forget. There was the day when he came by faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord said, it's this day salvation has come. Don't be like the man in Luke 12. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. And he was lost. 
Would you be like Zacchaeus and you come in the accepted time in the day of salvation? The reality is that you must come and be saved while there is opportunity. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. I mentioned earlier about the Holy Spirit of God striving with the unconverted, unregenerate heart and bringing them under conviction. And oh, if the Holy Spirit is striving with you, that's your opportunity. But the reality is, as Genesis 6 and verse 3 tells us, my spirit shall not always strive with man. There's an accepted time. There's a time appointed. There's a day of salvation. But there comes a time when the door of mercy closes. And so the words of our text speak to me about the opportunity and about the reality. But thirdly, the necessity. If you look there with me at that second verse, you'll see the words, Behold now. It says, Behold now is the accepted time. And then those words are repeated again. Behold now is the day of salvation. And so behold now appears twice. And the repetition of those words is for emphasis. Whenever you come across the word behold in the Bible, you should treat it like a stop sign. You need to stop there. You should treat it like a red light. You stop at a red light. Behold, there's something there that you have to stop at. Now, it would be absolute foolish if you were driving and you came to a red light and you just ignored it and drove on. There would be danger. There would be even death. And when you come to a behold in the Bible, don't just go on. Stop. And here, it's twice. There are two stop signs. And it's drawing our attention here to this necessity. Behold, there's an accepted time. Behold, there's a day of salvation and you need to stop and you need to ponder this all-important matter. It's a necessity. I'm sure you could think of many of those stop signs in the Bible, many beholds. Even in Lamentations, is it nothing to you all ye that pass by, behold, stop. Behold and see if there be any sorrow leg on to my sorrow. Oh, behold, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. We were singing the words that the Apostle John penned, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. We should be called the sons of God. The Lord said in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. And there at the end of the Bible, the Lord said, Behold, I come quickly. 
so many stop signs there that we need, by way of necessity, to consider what the Lord is saying. And we have to behold that there's only an accepted time, and we're to behold that there's a day of salvation. But Paul goes further. He doesn't just use the word behold. He uses the word now. And he says, behold now. Behold now. Do you see the urgency that's there? There's no room for delay. There's no room for procrastination. Don't wait until tomorrow. You're not guaranteed of tomorrow. The apostle says now. The necessity is that you would be earnest in this particular matter. There's an urgency here. There's someone they maybe put off salvation. They put it off for many years. When they're younger, they'll say, I'll wait till I'm older. And when they're older, they'll say, I'll wait till I'm older still. And like Felix in Acts chapter 24, the apostle Paul witnessed before him of his need of salvation. And he said, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. We never read that that convenient season ever came. The fear would be that Felix was lost. You may have noticed as we read this portion of Scripture that verse 1 speaks about receiving the grace of God in vain. And Paul says, I beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. Those who hear the gospel... So blessed and privileged to hear the gospel, and yet it seems to just roll off them like water off the duck's back. They seem to be unmoved. They seem to be unaffected by it. It makes no impact. It makes no impression upon their heart or their soul. And therefore, they do not come to Christ, and they fail to lay hold upon the opportunity. Spurning. God's offer of salvation is receiving the grace of God in vain. And one day you see the door of opportunity closes when it will be too late. Behold now. That's what the apostle says. The necessity is now. I'm sure you're aware of the story of D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was greatly used of the Lord, the American evangelist and preacher. But he admitted of himself that on the 8th of October in 1871, he made a mistake. And it's a mistake he said he would never make again. He was preaching that night, preaching in Chicago. And he was preaching in that text, what shall I do then with Jesus? And as he came to the conclusion of the meeting, the conclusion of his message, he exhorted the congregation and he said to them, I want you to go home and think about this matter. What shall I do then with Jesus? And I want you to think about it at home and determine that you're going to come back next week and you'll get right with God. 
and they dismissed the congregation. And it was that very night that the great fire of Chicago broke out and it burned for three days. Upwards of 300 souls were lost in the Chicago fire. It's believed that many of them would have been at the meeting of D.L. Moody. And he determined after that that never again would he tell a congregation to go home and think about the matter of their soul's salvation. But rather he would press upon them the need to decide right now. And that's what I want to do as I bring this gospel meeting to a close. I want to press the matter of your soul's salvation now. Because the Bible says, Behold now is the accepted time. And behold now is the day of salvation. May the Lord give you that grace to come savingly to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to sing.